to me, writing is about more than just the writing process. Writing is about finding a way to show up as our, ourselves authentically in the world. So whether or not you feel that you have something you want to write, I want you to think about if you have something you want to say with your life. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. Hi there, writers. Okay, on today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, we're going to do something a little different. Usually, I'm the one who's interviewing someone here, but today we're going to turn the tables and I'm actually going to be the one who's interviewed. I'm going to be talking about my new book that's now available for purchase called The Power of Writing It Down, A Simple Daily Habit to Unlock Your Brain and Reimagine Your Life. To interview me, I'm bringing in Annie Kyle, who is our creative director at Find Your Voice, which basically just means she's the one who's in charge of helping our clients craft their books. She's very good at what she does. She's been working in publishing and books for a long time. She is one of the first people to have read this book, including the worst first draft of my book. So she's the, fir- the perfect person to conduct this interview, and I know you're going to love hearing from her. So all you have to do is sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with me about my book. Hey, Allie. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> Fancy meeting you here, huh? <laughs> I know. Well, it's sad because we're not in the same place, but um, yeah. Okay, Allie, we, you get to ask this question to so many people who come on our podcast. I'm going to ask you, uh, what does it mean to you to find your voice? Uh, this is so fun for me to get to answer. I actually I always have much more inspiring answers than I do, but... What it means to me to find your voice is to find that one unique thing that you have to offer the world that absolutely nobody else could offer. So that the spark that you knew was there when you were young, that made you feel like you were special and you were unique and you had something interesting to offer. The part of you that wasn't holding back or tiptoeing around or wondering if you were accepted or acceptable, the part of you that authentically and truly knows that you have something amazing to offer. Finding your voice is about touching into that and then sharing that with the world. Hmm. I'm excited to talk to you today about your book. Oh, thanks. By the time this is out, it will be out in the world. How are you feeling about all of that? I'm really excited. I mean, I can't wait for people to read it. It's been a labor of love as a book always is for the last 18 months or so. And and I should say it's been a labor of love for even longer than 18 months because this has been the work I've been doing with clients since probably 2010. So to be able to introduce these ideas to people in a really succinct way, like the book is very exciting for me. You know, it used to be, I didn't have this stuff written down anywhere. So Mm. if I wanted to teach this to someone, I had to either get on an airplane and go someplace and speak to a group of people, or I had to you know, clients would come to me and work with me one-on-one or in person. And now this feels like a, a great way for me to get these concepts 
that are so life-changing into the hands of more people. So Mm. very excited. So you said, get this into the hands of readers. So what can you, can you summarize for me? What is, what is the, this that you're trying to get into their hands? The idea behind the book is that there are so many of us who are harboring an idea for writing, but we have something that's holding us back. And it might not be, when I say an idea for writing, it might not be like you want to write a book or you want to write a screenplay or you want to necessarily write something and publish it to the world. But when I travel, you know, I don't travel as much as I used to or really at all because of COVID, but it used to be when I would travel around the country and around the world to speak, I would meet people and over and over and over again, people would say to me, like, I've always wanted to write uh, fill in the blank. Like I always wanted to keep a journal or I used to keep a journal when I was younger and for whatever reason I don't anymore. Or, you know, I've always wanted to write a screenplay or I have this book idea that I've always thought about writing, or I really want to write down my life story and share it with my kids someday. But there's always some reason why we're not doing that. And usually the reason has to do with people feeling like there's some reason that they're not qualified to sit down and actually get the writing done. So Mm. people will say like, I could write that, but nobody would ever read it. Or there's someone else who's already written that and they've done a better job than I've done. Or, you know, I just don't really have the time or I don't have a degree from some fancy university. I'm not trained as a writer, whatever it is. And to me, I found this to be really tragic and also unjust when you think about it, how Hmm. many of us have something really important and valuable to contribute to the world through our words. And we talk ourselves out of the process of writing because we think that we aren't quote, qualified to do it. My point in the book is there's just no such thing as not being qualified to be a writer. It would be like saying when uh, a baby is growing up, like, I wonder if he's or she is going to be a talker someday. You know, it's Mm. like, this is a natural part progression of human development. And writing doesn't have to be this, you know, elite activity that we reserve for this certain group of people. It can be something as simple as communication. It's a text message that you send to a friend to encourage them in the morning or to check in or to say hi or to get some feedback. It's a form of self-therapy. It's a way that we can tell our stories to ourselves so that we can understand them better. It's meditation. It's uh, a way to like even just know what the the real of thoughts are that are playing in your mind over and over again. It's prayer. It can be like a note scribbled on a piece of paper or on a cocktail napkin, like a little, a little love note to yourself or a little prayer of desperation for something to change, you know? And, and also I won't get too far down this rabbit trail, but also the research is just so clear about what a powerful tool writing can be Hmm. to help us generate positive change. So if, There just isn't anybody who is cognitively capable of writing who shouldn't be doing it on a regular basis. Hmm. So I'm hearing a lot of like self-doubt or self-criticism or saying I can't do this or I'm, I'm not qualified. I'm not the person to be, to be writing. Have you felt that in your life? Uh, And, or, uh, (laughs) and, or like, why do you think people have these tapes playing, you know? Yeah. Well, the truth is, and I talk about this a lot in the book, like there are so many strong parallels between the writing life and just life. Mm -hmm. So the reason that we have self-doubt around our writing is because we have self-doubt period. You know, where we get stuck in our writing is where we're stuck in our lives, which is one of the most amazing things about the writing process is it's a tool that's diagnostic. You can tell, I say this to writers all the time, people who are working on publishing projects, I say, if you are stuck in your writing, it's not because you don't 
know what to write. It's because there's something you want to say or do that you feel you cannot say or do. Mm. So where we hold back in our writing is where we're holding back in our life. So, I mean, that's the reason that we have self-doubt around our writing is it's just, it's, it's diagnostic of uh, where we have self-doubt for ourselves in our lives. So yeah, of course, you know, writing my first book, I think I faced what I would call crippling self-doubt. And a lot of people get into this sticky sort of mess when they get into the writing process. They think like, oh no, I'm, you know, I I don't like this feeling. I'm feeling really, I'm feeling a lot of self-doubt that I don't normally feel. And my point is what's great about this is now you can use this diagnostic tool also as your tool of leverage to get Mm -hmm. unstuck in other areas of your life. So for example, like we've worked with Annie and I, you and I worked with a client a while back who is an actress and has been very successful in her acting career and also has launched a multi-million dollar business and has been an incredibly successful entrepreneur. She's connected to some of the most influential powerful, famous people that names that you would recognize if I said them out loud and has, you know, a family of her own and a lot to be really proud of in her life. And we were helping her work on her first book project and she was shocked to find, and I think we were both shocked to find how often she would bump up against her own feelings of self-doubt. And Mm -hmm. she would say to us, you know, in every other area of my life, I feel really confident. And for whatever reason, as I'm writing down my story, it's just really challenging. I'm finding myself holding back. I'm finding myself, you know, like afraid of what people are going to think. And I think the beauty of this is that, you know, already she's been able to overcome so much in her life and to really prove to herself what she's capable of. But imagine what else she could be capable of if she's able to unearth this new layer of self-doubt and to be able to overcome that as well. So, hmm. and you know, I mean, I could tell a thousand stories from my own journey of feeling that kind of crippling self-doubt where you're, you just feel stuck. Like you feel like you can't move forward because you're, you have so you feel the vulnerability so intensely. So it's been over 10 years now since I wrote my first book and I've written a bunch of books since then several of which have been for other people and a handful have been my own. And the thing I've learned about the writing process is that self-doubt is just part of it. So Hmm. I don't, when I write a book now, when I was in the process of even writing this book, it's not that I feel less self-doubt. I just know what to expect. I know that it's coming. And so as I experience the self-doubt, it doesn't feel as crippling to me anymore because I expect it to be there. I'm like, oh, here's that feeling again where you feel like this is the stupidest thing anybody's ever thought. I can't believe I'm about to put this down on paper. I know that the opportunity that exists within that feeling is to gain more perspective on your own thought process, to clarify the thought process, to better understand Mm -hmm. the message that you're trying to share with the world, to better understand yourself, and really to be able to, at the end of the day, connect with somebody else, you know, connect with a reader, whether that's one reader or hundreds of thousands of readers or millions of readers, in a way that's going to have a long-term impact on their life. So when I wrote Packing Light, which was the first book I ever wrote, I never in a million years dreamed that 25,000 people would purchase that copy or purchase that book and read it. But, you know, I mean, 25,000 people read the book and let's just assume 80% of the people liked it. <laughs> then, you know, and I get, I would get emails every day from people who would say like, I made the decision 
to leave a job I hated because I read this book, or I made a decision Mm. to take a trip that I've always wanted to take because I read this book, or I finally stood up to my parents and told them what I really want to do with my life because of this book. Yeah, changed people's lives. Yeah, I mean, hearing that kind of feedback is, um, what you see is you see that you created change in your reader that you first, you first created it in yourself and then you passed that Mm. change on to your reader. Mm, Yeah. I think a couple of lies that come to mind when you're talking about that are one is that this only happens with big projects. You know, it's amazing to me that it's not just books when people are writing books that people feel this way, but it's also just a private journal when you know that no one else is going to see it and you can still face this kind of self doubt and criticism. And then, and then the other, another lie, I guess there are many, but is that, I am the only one that feels this way. I feel this way, of course, because I'm who I am and I know myself, but other people, you know, that's why when we were chatting with that client, we were both surprised and it was consistently surprising to to see other people. and, And you're like, you too, you, you know, you too feel this. So that's, that's a second lie. I think that, uh, can just snowball the feeling. Totally. It adds to that feeling like other people are qualified to do this and I'm not qualified. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. When you think, but the truth of the matter is, you know, I've worked with writers who have no intention of ever publishing anything and, and helped them to develop a daily practice of writing or journaling. I've also worked with New York Times bestselling authors. And what's funny is the phrases that come out of people's mouths are exactly the same, regardless of what kind of writing they're doing, whether you're keeping a journal, like a private journal, or you're blogging, or you're writing an Instagram post, or you're working on a book project or something else entirely. The phrases that people say about their writing are the same. They say phrases like, I'm stuck, or what if somebody reads this? Or what if nobody ever reads this? (laughs) Yeah. Or you know, I have terrible grammar. That's another thing people say all the time. So it's, I think it can be kind of cathartic and helpful to know that even a New York Times bestselling author whose book you've probably read, and maybe you keep it on your nightstand and you have it underlined, you know, every other line in the book because it's been so inspiring to you, has also said the same things to themselves about their writing that you're saying to yourself about your writing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the grammar thing is so funny to me, but it's so true. People say that all the time. Also, yeah, I, I'm a writer. This is what I do for a living. I tell people all the time my spelling is terrible. I've never yeah. those worst grades as a, as a kid, you know, in spelling. And that doesn't it actually so- matter so much for writing. It, yeah, it's funny. Like, I think m- maybe a lot of our insecurity around grammar comes from just school yeah. and getting <laughs> papers back from teachers that it's like C plus and then it's like marked up with all the red pen. You know, the funny thing about writing is writing does not require good grammar. Mm -mm. The whole point of good grammar is so that the idea, the message of the words is not lost. It's clear. So if we can all agree on these basic rules, then we can, then the message can come through clearly, clearly. But good, good writing is really about good thinking, Mm -hmm. not about good grammar. Mm -hmm. And sometimes needing to have good grammar, like needing to stay within the boundaries of those quote unquote rules can actually impede and get in the way of great thinking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you and I were just on with a client the other day who was talking about how his particular writing style doesn't lend itself very well to the, you know, normal rules of English grammar. Right. And we were explaining to him and 
working through with him how there are a lot of different grammar rules that you can break and the writing can still be really powerful and the message can still come through very clearly. In fact, in his case, he needs to break some of the grammar rules to make his message come through. So the question is not like, do I have good grammar? But the question is, is my message coming through clearly? How can I make it more clear? Or so, what What am I thinking in this moment? Or what am I feeling yes. in this moment? You know, that yeah. focusing on that does help. So if people are feeling this, and we've seen it over and over again, this kind of crippling self-doubt. Uh, it, it strikes me as a brave thing then to come to the page, you know, to to decide to, to write something down. What, what do you think that sounds like, or that desire maybe covered up, uh, maybe suppressed for a bit, or what does it sound like when, when someone wants to write something, yeah. but they're not, uh, haven't given themselves the permission to, to do that? Yeah. Well, you know, when you've been given the invitation to write, you know, I think the invitation is always there, even if you don't recognize it. But most likely, if you're listening to this episode of this podcast, and you've gotten this far, the invitation is inside of you, it's already nagging at you to, to get started. I there's another episode that I do of this podcast, where I talk to my husband about his journey with writing, because it this feels particularly relevant here. Mm. If you haven't listened to that episode, you can go listen to it. But it feels particularly relevant here because when I first met him, he was a person who made me question whether, made me question what I would say all the time about how everybody should write because he seemed like a person who just genuinely didn't have any interest in writing. It Mm. It didn't seem appealing to him. Yeah, he just seemed to be kind of fine without it. And so I started to wonder, maybe there are some people who just, aren't interested and, and, you know, don't want to write. And that's still true. It's possible that maybe there are some people who just don't want to write. However, he recently went through a major life transition, which we talk about on this, that episode. And during that life transition, he started to get this little itch that I recognize in so many of the writers and clients that we work with. Hmm. The, the itch is just like, I feel like I have something that I want to say. I feel like I have something that I want to share. And as soon as that invitation came inside of him, he started having the same feelings and self-doubts and insecurities and vulnerabilities that we're talking about right now, which is like, well, I sure I have, you know, might have something that I want to share, but it's kind of stupid because it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, my, my real life and the business that I run. Mm -hmm. And it's not really going to help me make progress in my life. It's not, you know, this is not really productive. This is kind of this self-indulgent thing that maybe I would do on the side. Like, I don't really even know what I would say. I'm not a writer, you know, all the things that we say to ourselves, watching him go through that process just really reinforced for me that if you're, if you have that itch, that invitation, that sense that you have something you want to say or you want to share to follow it because Mm -hmm. there's so much goodness that can come out of responding to the invitation. Mm -hmm. And in the book, how, without getting, giving it all away, you know, how, how do you walk someone through that? And someone like Matt, someone who is, has that voice whispering to them uh, Mm -hmm. but is not quite sure where to start or what to do like how does that how can you explain your book structure or how that yeah you you lead into that 
So I walk you through a step-by-step process for implementing a daily writing practice in your life. It's important that it's daily. It's not that you have to do it every single day for the rest of your life. But what the research shows is that if you can write for 20 minutes a day for four days in a row, you start to see the measurable benefits of writing in your life. So you'll see things like increased confidence or uh, like a stronger immune system even, or improved relationships, more clarity, a greater sense of vision and motivation and creativity. So four days a row, four days in a row for 20 minutes at a time. And what the research shows is that the benefits last for up to six months. Mm. So the reason why I suggest getting into a daily practice of writing is because if you can make this a habit and a routine and part of your daily life, then even if you miss days here and there when you go on vacation or you've got a busy day, a crazy day with your kids, or that you go through a busy season at work and you kind of drop out of the habit for a little bit, even if those things happen, you can start to see these benefits come into your life and stay over the long haul. So I walk you through a process, step-by-step process for implementing that daily practice of writing and then give you writing prompts to make sure that you never run out of things to write about. But where I start with that, and this is the part that I'll, I'll say here for the sake of this episode, is talking about making space. Hmm. And I talk about making space in your calendar, making space in your physical environment, and then making space in your mind. Hmm. Feels like right now, currently, where we are in... Um, as you're listening to this, the the beginning of 2021, it's never been a more critical time in history, <laughs> at least that I'm aware of, to be making space in our physical environments, making space in our calendars and making space in our minds for some semblance of peace and rest and creativity and innovation and truth and authenticity and vulnerability and what meditation, spirituality, however you want to talk about it. So even if you never do any writing, (laughs) even if you never put a single word on the page, just getting through that chapter where I teach you how to Mm. make space in your physical environment that feels like a warm and inviting space that you can actually sit down and show up on the page and tell the truth about what's going on with you. Even just carving out 20 minutes a day on your calendar where you are committed to your own self, your own story, what's going on for you, mm. you know, to feeding and filling yourself and and then making space in your mind that isn't filled with the 24-hour news cycle and it's not filled with, you know, panic and fear and frustration and arguing politics and whatever else. Even if that's all you ever do and you never put a word on the page, mm. I promise you, you're going to experience the benefits that this book promises, even if, I mean, I think that's chapter four that I talk about making space. So even if you don't get past chapter four, you're already going to see the benefits of this process taking, taking hold of your life. Yeah. I'm just picturing trying to, it's so important in this time is that as many of us are at home and in the same space. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what are some of the other benefits? You know, so the research is really fascinating here. I mean, you could go down lots of rabbit holes, um, rabbit trails. I don't know how that saying goes. I feel like <laughs> trail. However you say that. <laughs> so the research shows that writing is one of the most powerful tools we have at our disposal to generate positive change in your life. So mm-hmm. I could list like a whole list of things that can improve your relationships. It makes you more likely to be hired. It makes you more likely to get promoted, more likely to make more money, more likely to have control over your finances. Like, I mean, the the benefits are far reaching and span across every single category of your life. But what I'll say is that 
for you, whatever it is for you that you feel like you've always wanted to change about your life Mm. and you've never been able to make progress doing it. And this is a great time to talk about this because at the beginning of the year, we're all trying to make these changes in our life. We're like, this year, this is the year that I'm finally going to you know, get in shape or run a marathon. It's or, time to then, overhaul 2020. Like yeah, we yeah, want yeah. a new totally. page. We're like this year, I'm really going to be in control of my finances or this year I'm going to, I'm going to meet the man of my dreams and finally have the relationship I've always wanted or uh, whatever it is that you're hoping to change in your life this year. Writing is an approach, is a strategy that is much more likely to help you generate positive change than any other self-help program that's out there. And here's the reason why, because most self-help programs teach you information that goes into the logical, analytical thinking part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex. And unfortunately, that is not the part of our brains that help us to generate change because the ideas that are driving our daily behavior are our behavior that's automated. Mm. It's on, you're on autopilot. The ideas that are driving that behavior are not conscious ideas to you. They're unconscious ideas. And it's very hard for us to get to those unconscious ideas without some help. One way you can get to the unconscious idea is the ideas that are buried in your unconscious or subconscious is to hire a therapist. Mm. You could do like, you know, EMDR. uh, That's another Mm -hmm. therapy technique. Some body movement techniques like yoga are really effective at this. There are some other ways to get to those buried subconscious thoughts. However, reading a self-help book is not going to help you get there (laughs) Hmm. because putting more information into your prefrontal cortex doesn't change the way that you behave. It might change your understanding of something in particular, but it will not change the way you behave until you understand what the thought process is Hmm. that's in your subconscious mind. It's buried in your limbic system. That's driving your automatic behavior. This is why most of us don't get past the end of January with our resolutions still intact, by the time February starts, most resolutions have failed because our resolutions can only last as long as our willpower lasts Mm. unless we find a way to change those subconscious thought patterns. Writing is a really brilliant way to not only access those subconscious thoughts, but pull them up into our conscious mind to reroute them and to change them so that our behavior can finally change. So if you've been caught in a loop forever, like you're like, I Every relationship that I'm ever in is exactly the same. I've, you know, no matter how much I date, I seem to always end up on a date with the same guy over and over again. Or if you're like, you know, every year I say I'm going to change my approach with my finances and every year I'm in the same spot. I end the year and I'm in a bunch of credit card debt from buying Christmas presents or whatever. Or if you're like, you know, every year I say I'm going to get my schedule under control and I'm going to stop over scheduling myself, overbooking myself, saying yes to things that I don't actually want to do. And then every year you end up back here where you're like burnt out and feel like a doormat and everyone takes advantage of you. This is an approach. Writing is an approach that's going to help you figure out why the heck you keep doing that to yourself, mm. what the new thought process is that's going to help you get out of this rut. And it really can help you change your own behavior with far less effort on your part. It makes me excited to think about all of the changes that are going to happen in people's everyday, normal, regular lives that's going to change the way they feel about themselves and change the way they move through the world simply by initiating this daily practice of writing. Mm, I love that. You know, what? what's kind of maybe an encouragement you would offer to someone who is willing, is willing to try this and tries it for a week and doesn't feel 
like they're making much progress or just feels like, what was that that I wrote? Just feeling a little bit discouraged about this. So the encouragement I would give you is try it for four days for 20 minutes a day and just see what happens. And, you know, to your point about what if, what if I try it for a week and I don't really see much progress or I'm not really sure if this is quote unquote working, because I'll get that question a lot. Like this doesn't feel like it's working. What Mm -hmm. should I do differently? And even that, even that question about our writing can tell us a lot about how we approach our lives. So my question to that question would be, what does it mean for it to be working? Mm. If, If you can come at your writing process with a lens of curiosity and start to pay attention to how you approach the writing, what your roadblocks are, what gets in your way, what your frustrations are, what keeps you from doing it, what in, what brings you to the page, what happens when you get there, what you're going to start to see are a lot of parallels to the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If, for example, you find yourself constantly skipping your writing process because you've got a meeting or such and such a friend asked you to help them do something or because you took a phone call from a family member who was in crisis or, you know, because your kids were just screaming and you couldn't get some time away. If, if you find that happening to you over and over and over again, you could start to ask yourself, if I'm giving up this 20 minutes of day that I've committed to myself and I'm constantly doing that for emergencies, fires that need to be put out, family members who are in crisis, friends who need me, what does that say about me and the rest of my life? What does it say about the priority that I've given myself? Where am I in my list of priorities? What you'll find is, and that's just one example. There could be a thousand things, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe you, um, as another example, you sit down and do your writing for four days in a row for 20 minutes at a time. And you're like, this is awful. Everything I'm writing is sounds so negative. I just sound like the biggest whiner. None of this is any good. I've got nothing important to say. Ask yourself if everything is sounding negative, what does this say about me and the rest of my life? Mm. If everything that I put on the page, none of it feels helpful. It all feels like I'm just, you know, rambling. What does this say about me in the rest of my life? If we can come to our writing with a lens of curiosity, compassion, a little bit of gentleness for ourselves, what mm. we find is like I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, that writing is diagnostic. It will show you where your resistance is in other parts of your life, where your self-doubt is, where you're holding yourself back, where you're getting in your own way. Mm. I mentioned this earlier, but it'll also show you like what you want to say or do that you feel you cannot say or do. So like, for example, years ago, I was working on a book project that I never finished, but I was contracted to write a book about marriage. And I was in, this is, I was married before, obviously divorced and remarried now. But at the time, I was in a marriage that was really unhappy and unhealthy and actually quite abusive. And I was trying to write this book about how uh, the book was called Our First Years, but it was like how challenging the first years of marriage had been. And for whatever reason, I mean, for whatever reason, I know the reason now, but at the time, I didn't understand why I was feeling so blocked and stuck in writing this book. I would sit down to the computer, I would try to write sentences, and I would just feel like everything I wrote didn't sound right. I wanted to delete it. It didn't feel helpful. If I zoom out from that and ask myself the question, what does it say that I actually don't have anything to say about why the first years of my marriage were so hard? I can uncover quite a bit of insight about what's actually going on. And to be honest, at the time, part of why I couldn't uncover that insight is because I didn't want to know the answer to that question. Mm. The answer to the question was because there was a lot of details that were being withheld from me. There was a lot of 
crap going on behind the doors of my marriage that I didn't want to pay attention to mm. because I knew it meant that it that it was over mm. and that it wasn't a good relationship for me to be in. So, you know, I mean, it takes us as long as it takes us to gain the insights that our writing is offering us. But if you stick with the process for long enough, over time, you will see yourself show up on the page. You mm. will start to recognize yourself. It's like looking at yourself in a mirror and you start to go like, oh, I'm watching myself do this thing. Mm-hmm. that I don't want to do. Yeah. It's not good for me. And I have the power to change it. Mm-hmm. So it gives us the perspective, the insight, the wisdom that we find ourselves looking for outside of ourselves. It's actually inside of you. It's always been inside of you to create that change in your life. And if you stick with the writing process for long enough, you, you'll find that. You'll mm-hmm. see it for yourself. I so agree with you. And just thinking about how our personal lives and how our family lives and relationships and friendships and, you know, careers would change if we could consistently sit down with ourselves and, and bring that curiosity, compassion, and gentleness, like you said. Like, mm. I have one question for you as a little bit different. I know because we've been in relationship this year, <laughs> working together, <laughs> that this book started out with a different name. Wondering if you can talk about what that first title meant to you and why it's called something different now. Yeah. Well, so for those of you listening who uh, are interested in writing or publishing a book, you'll know that most often, I would say, uh, this is a made up statistic, but probably 90% of the time books change title from the time. Very common. Yeah. Yeah, Very, very common. Yeah. So this book was originally called Find Your Voice, which is the name of my company, Find Your Voice. It was called Find Your Voice because to me, writing is about more than just the writing process. Writing is about finding a way to show up as ourselves authentically in the world. So whether or not you feel that you have something you want to write, I want you to think Mm -hmm. about if you have something you want to say with your life. So the way you want to show up in the world, the way you want to be remembered, the legacy that you want to leave, the thing you want to contribute in your limited time here on this planet That's what this book is about. This book is about helping you uncover, discover, enact to to like fearlessly and courageously put yourself into the world in the fullness of you without holding back. And writing will help you do that. It doesn't have to be a book. It doesn't have to be a screenplay. It doesn't have to be anything that you plan to share publicly. There's power in writing something down and sharing it with even one other person. So there's power Mm. in sharing the writing. And I talk about that in the book, but it doesn't have to be sharing on some sort of wide scale. It can be sharing with your sister. It can be sharing on Instagram. It can be sharing with a small group of people at, at your church or in your small group or at a book club or a small group of friends that you really trust. So you don't have to have like aspirations for publishing and you don't have to want to share your writing with the world. But I do want you to think about as you're reading this book, what is what is the thing that I want to share of myself with this world before, before I leave it? Hmm. That's why the book to me was called Find Your Voice because it's really about way more than just the writing process. It's about uncovering and discovering how to share the fullness of ourselves with hmm. the world. The power of writing it down is a much clearer title. You clearly can tell when you see the title of that book what this book is going to be about. And so in that sense, I do think it fits really well. But, you know, what's funny is like the folder that I have on my computer where I keep all of the like assets for the book and then like the folder in my email account, those are all still titled Find Your Voice and they always will be. To me, this book 
it's it's my find your voice book. So <laughs> it will always kind of be called mm-hmm. that in my mind. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the power of writing it down is a great title, and I'm really happy with it. And it it does a great job of you know telling you as the reader what you're going to get when you pick up the book. Sure. And this book is different than your previous books in that it's not a memoir. Yes, it's true. Yeah, both of my other books have been memoirs. I think it's appropriate that this book is. Well, it's a, it's just an appropriate progression of my career mm. because both of the other books that I've written have been me just sort of like thoughts about my life, <laughs> just like sure. casual thoughts about like my life as it happens. And, you know, Indestructible, which was my, was my second memoir, was a bit more of an intense me processing the divorce and leaving an abusive marriage. And this book is is like a zoom out from that talking about how powerful that process can be for you. So it had been a process that I had been teaching to writers for years. And then I went through a crisis in my own life and I used it for myself. And I, I, you know, felt how powerful it could be to contextualize your own story and see yourself as the hero of your story and, and write down what had happened to you. And so this is the book where I offer to readers this process that I had used for so many others and then and then for myself. So it feels like an appropriate progression. And it also feels exciting to me because it's one thing to, you know, like when I wrote down both Packing Light and Indestructible, when I wrote down my stories, I didn't have any sort of grand illusions that like my individual story would matter to thousands of other people. This book, I feel differently about. Mm-hmm. This book should matter to everyone. Everybody who ha- who cares about like creating a life of meaning or purpose, this book should matter to us. Uh, and, it, and it has something to offer to, to anybody who feels that way about yeah. their life um, yeah. versus, you know, I mean, what you could, if you wanted to read Indestructible because you have also been through a tough breakup or an abusive relationship, or if you wanted to read it to kind of see how I told my story in a way that felt really empowering to me, then that that's one thing. But this book has a much wider and broader appeal. So I really, honestly, I can't wait to hear the stories of people implementing this and seeing the results. Mm. And what keeps you writing? You personally? Yeah, I keep coming back to the writing um, because it helps me, honestly. I mean, it it heals me. Like to say it heals me sounds really grandiose and it does do that. But just on a daily basis, it helps me to ground, to feel more comfortable inside my own skin, to understand myself and what I think and what I feel, to feel confident as I move through my life, and just to genuinely feel like I have um, better mental health. (laughs) So, you know, like we live in such a noisy world where there's constant input. And I say this, I use this example all the time, but if we don't metabolize what comes into us, imagine what would happen is if, if we ate food all day and we didn't have a metabolism that helped us to break down the food and take in the nutrients and discard what's not good for us. Without writing, we don't really have a way to metabolize everything that happens to us and all the input that we have on a daily basis. Writing is a way to to break it all down, to know ourselves, to understand what we think and feel about a thing, to take in what's good for us and to leave the rest behind. Well, on that same note, let's end with um, why should someone buy this book for a friend? Oh, great question. Buy this book for a friend if you feel like they have something really beautiful to offer the world and they're not doing it. If you feel like it's fear that's holding them back or insecurity, if you see something in them that they can't see in themselves, this book, I hope, will hold up the mirror for them and 
help them to see themselves the way that you see them. So to see how remarkable and beautiful and miraculous and amazing that they are. I thought about this recently, Annie, because I'm you you know this all too well, but I have a four-month-old daughter. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how when babies are born, we're like, as a collective whole, most people, even people who don't really love babies are like, wow, what a miracle. Like a human being just came out of nowhere. And like, look, she's like looking at me and she's like, you know, oh, wow, she moved her arm. Like, I don't know, just the the amount of like wonder that we have over the tiniest thing that a baby does. And, and we see it as totally miraculous. And then somewhere along the way, we lose this sense that our life is a miracle. Mm. So if you believe that your life is a miracle and you're having a hard time feeling in touch with that right now, or if you see someone else, you see the miracle in them and they mm. can't see it in themselves. Yeah. I hope that this mm. book will put put you back in touch with the miracle of your own life and put them back in touch with the miracle of their life. Mm. Well, I'm excited for people to get this book in their hands and um, for the impact that it's going to have on so, so many people. So thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.